What's going on, guys? It's Jordan Cowlish here. Welcome back to the State Shifters podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're navigating this period of uncertainty with ease and grace. Uh, and this time has really got me reflecting on how grateful I am to call Australia home and to be in an environment that still allows me to get outside, be around nature. Even though I've been working from home for a while, there's still those challenges that come up when a lot of our fun gets taken away from us. A lot of us go out and like to be around other people, connecting with other people, exercising at gyms. And when these things get taken from us, it's it really forces us to dig a little bit deeper to find new ways of connecting with our heart, connecting with others so one of the ways in which I, i've been doing that for the last couple of years is through social media i use social media as a as a tool to really just connect on a deep level with people in my community and i do that through content but also do that just through reaching out to people so if you're listening to this and you're someone who is craving more connection craving more meaningful conversations with people then that would be my invitation to you is to use social media as a tool don't just be a consumer on there reach out to people who you want to chat with send them a message I personally love getting messages from people who just want to reach out and connect. So yeah, these sort of how this conversation, this podcast today that you're about to listen to started. Um, her name is Angelina Zimmerman, my guest, and she just reached out to me on LinkedIn. And we, we really vibed around what it is that we we did for, for our coaching and we decided to hop on a call and, and record it and share it with, with you guys. Um, so Angelina is a mindset coach. She has a brand called Zillionaire creations where she has lots of amazing apparel uh, that she makes for entrepreneurs and we really dove into some of the key topics around mindset and what it takes to start to craft a really powerful uh, decision-making system to help you pull you towards your dreams so there's a lot of great content in this episode and again guys if you're enjoying these episodes please hit the subscribe button because i've got a bunch more content coming out every tuesday and if you've got value from it reach reach out to your instagram I'm at State Shifters. Would love to hear from you. Would love to chat. And there's so much value in having deep conversations like these. So enjoy listening to this one and we'll see you in the next episode. Welcome to the State Shifters podcast, a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. Okay, Angelina Zimmerin, mate, welcome to the State Shifters podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the line with me, mate. You're calling from Sydney. How are you today? Yeah, awesome, Jordan. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to dive into a conversation with you because, you know, funny is social media, we always seem to be crossing paths with people who are on a similar journey or who are sharing wisdom in a similar mind frame as we are. And I've come across you on LinkedIn. We've connected just recently and I, I was really felt called to reach out to you and get to know you a little bit better. And I feel my audience would, would learn a lot from from hearing about what you do. So, you know, thanks again for, for jumping on the call and tell me more about what it is that you do because you're a mindset coach. You, you know, support and guide and coach people over in um, Sydney, businesses, individuals. You know, if you had to describe what it is that you do in, in a few sentences, what, what would you say? Yeah, definitely. So I've got um, my business where I design um, items of clothing for mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. I also have my own podcast show, Zillionaire Superstars, and I have a training and coaching business, uh, Zillionaire Corporation, which focuses on mindset. Unreal. 
And we were just chatting briefly before we started recording around, you know, what inspired you to move into this this line of work. And you know, everyone has like a story around, you know, when their personal development journey first began. It's usually based around something painful that happened, right? Usually it's something painful that wakes us up and pulls <laughs> us in a different direction. So what what was your pain story? What what started this <laughs> this journey? <laughs> so true, Jordan. I yeah. love that. Um yeah, well, actually, I, I was funnily enough working in the corporate world and human resources and quickly realized that although I love helping people and wanted to help people, I was definitely in the wrong role because my role predominantly was not so much helping people, but sitting behind the computer doing reports, mm. which was making me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I actually left that role and found uh, a standalone role, which was much more suitable for me. But anyway, they asked me to run a public workshop just like out of the blue, out of nowhere. Anyway, I'd never run one before. And oh my goodness, I went to so much preparation. I was so excited. Didn't even know why, because I, you know, I hadn't done it before. Mm. Anyway, next minute, you know, I was hooked. That was it. I, I changed industries. I worked two jobs just to get my first learning and development role and ended up traveling all around Australia, training corporate clients, all their employees and yeah, working with their team leaders and stuff. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Unreal. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm familiar with the corporate environment as well. You know, I spent a couple of years at Deloitte here in Perth, Western Australia. I was um, a graduate tax accountant. Um, so my kind of entrance into the corporate world was, was a little brief, but it, it gave me a lot of clarity around what it was that, you know, I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Um, but I enjoyed the the corporate training aspect um, around people like yourself who would come into the office and deliver presentations. And I'll never forget the day that two life coaches came into the to the office and did a presentation to Deloitte staff around, you know, how to build your mindset, how to develop high performance habits and things like that. And I, from that moment, I remember thinking, yeah, that's something that I want to do. So yeah. why don't you, you, you tell us a little bit more about, okay, what it is that you're doing with people when you go into a, an office environment, you're doing mindset coaching with, you know, say a group of individuals in a company. Yeah. So often with the coaching, I will do a lot more of the individual. So the one-on-one. Um, only because it is more powerful and I find it works yep. really well. Um, so a lot of the time I'll look at, you know, things like you'll probably know this because you've got the mindset background as well. Often the words that we use are quite, it tells us, it gives us a lot of information about what that person actually thinks and the way they think. Mm -hmm. So whether they're using empowering or disempowering words. So um, an example might be empowering, you know, someone's going to say to you, oh, I, Jordan, that would be amazing. I'd love to do that or I want to help you. Um, whereas someone who's disempowered would say, I need to, I have to. Um, it like It's almost like they've got no options, whereas mm -hmm. the empowered person will be excited to and happy to because that's what they want to do, right? So even just um, speaking to a client first up, you'll pick up a lot of information just on their language. The second biggest thing is their beliefs, which I know as well that you do a lot of work around that. And so I have a process that I walk them through to be able to help them change their beliefs first and foremost, but then also ensure that it's embedded rather than just on a piece of paper. Mm, right. So that's probably the next biggest thing. Yeah. Okay. And when you say embedded, like does yeah. that, when you're working one-on-one -on -one with someone, obviously you've got 
more time to you know plant these seeds water them and ensure that these beliefs are instilled but you know like how long does that normally take and is it something you're setting up with someone around helping them build new habits that affirm the new beliefs you're creating with them yeah exactly right jordan Mm. so um well, usually it's um, done within the three months. So it depends on the person. But usually when we set up the success rituals every morning, you know, if they decide to do meditation or visualisation, for example, uh, they might include some affirmations as well, have their goals, you know, front and centre, so on yep. a vision board and things like All of those things will then make that belief much, much stronger. But as you know, they've got to believe it as well, right? Right. And sometimes that can take time for that belief to form because it's a new belief. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I I love uh, Tony Robbins' approach when it comes to the three things you need to do to get pretty much anything you want, to get somewhere somewhere you want to be. And he says the first thing you need to do is raise your standards. The second Mm -hmm. thing to do is remove limiting beliefs and replace them with empowering beliefs. Yes, the third thing you need to do is have a system or a strategy. Now, you know, I feel a lot of people skip the first two. A lot of people try and dive into the system or the strategy. What's the, you know, what's the business strategy I can buy into to help me get rich? What's the, the sales yeah. funnel that I need to use to get me rich? And they skip mm-hmm. having high standards for themselves and they skip doing the, the inner work, which is removing the limiting beliefs. So when it comes to, you know, you seems like you, you cover like those first two, the getting right in there and helping someone raise their standards and removing their limiting beliefs. And what are you finding people want at the end of that? What's, what, are the, what are the main goals people are coming to you with? Is it to make more money, progress in a career, start a business? Like, what are you, what are you noticing? Yeah, there's a, a, a variety of goals. But what I often find is that it actually impacts all of their life areas. So I've had clients come to me, for example, with a career goal and the next minute, you know, they're sleeping better, they're eating better, they're exercising. Like it's all these little things that they then start to embed and that's why the results are so powerful and and we're able to make such change so quickly is because my clients are actually open-minded and ready to do that. I think mm. that's the key as well. I'm really focused on working with those that are motivated and I know want to change rather than someone that's just going to sit through the whole process and not really take action or do anything different. So I'm really conscious of that fact also, Jordan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've certainly noticed um, since I've been in the coaching space now that you know when you start to, when I first started out, I was just coaching everyone. Right? I was like, get on calls, right, let's go, yeah. let's do some coaching. And <laughs> You, you, you notice pretty quick when someone's not ready for coaching or when someone's not quite as open and eager to, to do the inner work. Um, yeah. And really that starts, that's when you start to kind of get clear on like who, it is, who is the ideal person you want to be working with and where someone's at on their journey. Like there has to be a level of readiness and I feel like that readiness comes from a level of willingness to be able to dive yeah. deep, to kind of go in there and feel or, or express some of these you know, suppressed emotions. Um, and that takes a lot of courage for a lot of people to, to, to do coaching, to get on a call and start to open up to some of the things that are getting in people's way. Usually things that have happened in the past, you know, traumatic experiences that have left emotional blocks. Do you mm-hmm. do a lot of emotional clearing work? Like is, is that a lot of like the, your process? Is it based around that or is it a bit of like NLP? Or is I- there a- specific approach yeah i do use nlp techniques for that um that's that's gold and yeah clients have had some really um interesting experiences as a result from that like it's really 
really made them think and really made them um, become more aware of how their past is sometimes holding them back because, mm-hmm. as you know as well, it also comes down to their identity and our past is associated a lot with um, what we think of ourselves, right? Right. So, you know, say, for example, if you had parents that were very strict and were further, you know, criticising you, you're going to take that with you into adulthood. Uh, Likewise, if you had a teacher and perhaps you had one bad experience, sometimes that can stay with people for a long time. So, Mm. yeah, blocks do come up and it's important to look at those and address those. Um, And so I've got this NLP technique that helps me to clear that by going back to that actual event and then looking at it differently. So it's a bit of a reframing process as well. Right. So that is, if someone had no idea what NLP is, that is sort of the process, you guiding people back to, you know, the, the original incident or, and then reframing right. it as a, as like a positive yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really careful with that one too, Jordan, because as you know, it can be very sensitive yeah. um, and uh, like quite emotional. And usually that is the case. That's how it ends the session. And also it's quite draining for the client. So you yeah. really need to be careful in the way that you go about that process. Yeah, totally, totally, 100%. Yeah, so what have you noticed to be some of the main blocks that come up for people when they start doing coaching or someone's trying to progress in their journey? For a lot of people, blocks around money is what I've observed is a big one. That was something that I had to work through that was getting in my way for a long time. Um, And it wasn't until I actually got another coach who helped me through some of that stuff is where I had a lot of my big breakthroughs. So Tell me more about like what process you would take someone through if someone comes to you and you notice they have a block around money. Well, funnily enough, yeah, a lot of the mindset work can help alleviate that. And again, it comes back to the language. It comes back to the beliefs and the identity. Um, And you'll often pick that up. And sometimes you'll pick it up before you even start working with the client just based on what they say and how they view money and their relationship with money. And that's often a a big blocker that does come up. And so we work um, over weeks to obviously, again, reframe, reframe their mindset. Um, Identity is probably another big one along with the beliefs, I would have to say, because they're connected, right? Beliefs and identity, how you see yourself in the world, how you would describe yourself. What we see on the outside doesn't mean that person will describe themselves in the same way. They Mm. might think the opposite. And so a lot of clients I find are lacking confidence is probably one of the biggest things stopping people from doing what they want to do. Interesting. Do you mind elaborating a little bit more on the identity piece around what someone kind of appears to be on the surface? They may not have the same, you know, internal belief system as what someone might appear like. Explain that a little bit more for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So our beliefs all stem from when we're zero to seven, right? We're programmed, literally. We're born into the world. We don't have anything in our mindset. And then, um, or we do, like through the, you know, pregnancy process and all of that sort of stuff, but I won't go into that. Yeah, Um, yeah, but like um, when you are born, then that's when all the programming starts. So it's like having a computer with nothing on it. Mm. And then the next minute, you're just getting downloads, downloads, downloads from all the people that are in your environment, okay? So that moulds us and shapes us into who we are today as adults, whatever our age is. Yeah. And now if you believe all of the things that you were told from zero to seven 
and you hold those beliefs to be true that your parents believed, we we all know once we grow up as adults that some of those beliefs aren't true. Mm. What we grew up with was the wrong programming. Yep. You saw your parents stress and fight about money. You're going to carry that with you. Yep. You're going to think money's a stress, money's a problem, money, there's not enough money, there's a lack of money. If you see your parents with scarcity mindset every day, what do you think is going to happen? Mm. Right? And so we only become conscious of it, though, at certain times in our life and realize, oh, my God, you know, like th- this is becoming an issue for me now. Why, why, why do I have this many assets and this much money in the bank at a certain age um, when so-and-so down the road has all of this? <laughs> you know, mm. we do that whole comparison game. Yeah. So, yeah. Back to the point. So it's all those beliefs, right? Whether they're right or wrong doesn't matter. Then that helps us to form our identity. And so, so Jordan, if I was to describe you, I look at you, you're successful. Um, you know, if I make assumptions about you, you're successful, you're wealthy, you're funny, you're intelligent, all of those things, that doesn't mean that you believe those things. Mm, right. Right? Yes. And that's where the problem lies and that's, why I say confidence is a, b- a big blocker, but also what people believe to be true about themselves. That's power. Like that is the most powerful realization you can have right there when you start to shift those internal belief systems. And then with that awareness, you can build a new identity around your your inner worth, like your inner self-worth. Because, you know, you can appear wealthy, you can have a lot of money on the surface, but uh, yeah. if on the inside you feel worthless, then no amount of money can give you that sense of fulfillment, that sense of inner self-worth that we're actually chasing. So like wealth or abundance is like an inside out thing first, right? Can't expect to have a lot of money if we feel worthless on the inside. Exactly right. (laughs) And particularly these days, Jordan, like it's so easy for us not to know what goes on. Like, do you really know someone owns all those assets? Mm. How do you know that they don't you know, have them all online heavily in debt or they've got like maxed out all their credit cards and they can't get any more money. Who knows? You don't know how people are set up. And see, with social media and everything else, we just assume and we see and we believe. And Mm -hmm. that's not always the case, unfortunately. Right. So if you're helping someone build a new set of belief systems, do you help them sculpt a new identity around the belief systems or like where, where would you start when it comes to that? Well, like I said, they're intertwined. Yeah. So you'll often find the identity will have a, a set number of beliefs. And right. so in order to change their identity first, you have to change the beliefs. But you right. also have to pinpoint what those beliefs are. And some people do struggle with this and that's why, mm. Again, inner work is not everyone's favorite thing in the world to do. But Mm. once you shift that identity, once you know that you are successful, once you know that you can have what you want, once you know that you can achieve your goal and you see yourself being that person that you want to be, that's the difference. Mm. Not the person that you were, that you identified with as a teenager or not the person that you were you know, one, two, three years ago when you made that mistake, it's like, hey, how do I see myself now? Yeah. And there's often this big gap between the person we see ourselves being, say, three years down the line, the person who has all the money, has all this certain, you know, accomplishments, the external accomplishments, and then the the person that we are now, 
you know, that there's this gap, right? And, and that's the, the big one that I, I see with a lot of people is like, how do we bridge that gap? How do we start to sculpt this new identity now that's going to reflect the future version of you three years down the line that has all the things that you've got down your goal list, right? And yeah, uh, oftentimes, I, I don't know if this is the same process you take people through, but to build the new identity, you know, for me is really built around starting to associate more pleasure with these new habits that I'm trying to help someone create than pain. So for a lot of people, they associate more pain with sculpting the new identity than pleasure. So it keeps them stuck mm-hmm. where they are. Yeah. I'm wondering, yeah. is, is habits something that you build with someone? And then how do you then kind of dial in the new belief systems? Is it is it an act of repetition where you're having someone review their, their vision board all the time, reviewing their affirmations? Or is it just practicing dialing in okay what habits do we need to build to start to sculpt this new internal mindset yeah so a simple exercise people can do to identify um what they believe about themselves to be true in terms of their identity is simply list all the things to right here right now what Mm. you believe to be true about yourself so if you um believe that you're not confident for example is a classic one if you believe that you um don't have all the assets you want or you don't have the home you want or you don't live where you want or whatever it might be that comes to mind i would encourage you write that down as the old self and then write the new self right and then it's about um looking at that list and going okay you know, identifying with it. So identifying more with the new list than the old list. And as a result of changing the beliefs, that will help them to do that. Not only that, though, like you said, with the habits, it comes back to setting yourself up for success. So having that ritual morning and night will make a huge amount of difference, leaps and bounds in people's mm. behaviour. Mm-hmm. Big time, and, yeah. And I haven't, I haven't had a lot of them find it like sure they'll fall down from time to time with it but overall I think because they see such a difference in the results that they're getting on a day-to-day basis they are pretty much encouraged to follow the new new routine the success ritual um, that we incorporate into their life and also I think some of the excitement so you know when you change something in your life and you're excited and ready to do so yep that can also build the momentum for them how do you help people when it comes to, because I hear this a lot, people struggle with motivation. They, they want to make changes in their life, but they just they struggle with the motivation to adopt new habits or to stick with a new routine that they're trying to create. Um, you know, I have a, the process that I use is, is, you know, like you said, creating a vision, creating a vision that's really going to pull them towards a certain direction and then allowing that vision to, 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 for them to associate more pleasure with them creating these new habits because they now know, yes, this is pulling me in the direction of the life that I want to have. And then associating a lot of pain with them staying with where they are, keeping their old habits because that's going to create you know, an unwanted future. What do, do you do when it comes to supporting someone in developing the momentum, the motivation, the drive, the discipline? Yeah. Because talking about it's one thing, but then them actually doing it and sticking with it is another thing, right? Exactly. Well, from day one, even actually before I, I actually meet them for their first session, we identified the three most important goals because I don't mm. like to have them overwhelmed and having too many. Yeah. Um, and quite often their goals are quite lofty anyway, so you don't want to yeah. have too many where they're overwhelmed. Yeah. The second thing is to meet with them 
either weekly or fortnightly because I find that builds the momentum. And the third thing is to give them something in between sessions so they don't lose the momentum. Right. I find those right. three that work together in tandem perfectly and that's that's what I stick to and because I know it works. Amazing. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And then and then over a space of time, like what are you working with people for three months normally? Do you find that to be the optimal main, amount of time to embed change? Yeah. yeah, definitely for the three goals. And every session, the goals are looked at each each week. How did they go? What were their wins? What was the challenge? But you got to remember too, we're talking about mindset that whole 12 weeks. So you can't help but have basically a different person at the end of it because they're being mm -hmm. educated as well totally 100 percent. have you noticed because i have my favorite habits that i will stick to every day but have you noticed are there specific habits that you find yourself re recommending to people who say if someone wants to become more wealthy and they're yes. stuck in a bit of a scarcity mindset uh yep. what what do you recommend to someone around shifting that identity and what habits would you have them start to implement it to build that <laughs> oh, this is a great one yeah i love <laughs> this one um i've done a lot of work on this area myself and basically what i've been able to do is yeah just transform this area of my life i'm you know very much a person though when i've got a goal nothing nothing can stop me but basically what i did is just absorbed absolutely and i'm talking everything jordan not just mm. one or two things i'm talking books i'm talking podcasts i'm talking um courses i did as well i'm talking uh reading the Australian financial review every day i'm talking yep. um talking to people as well meeting people going to events like there wasn't anything that i didn't do <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it was absolutely amazing, the transformation, but it did. It took a lot of my time and a lot of my work and I still, I still um, do a lot of work in this area now. And the funny thing is I actually wrote an article about this area and help people, other people with it as well because I am so passionate about it. And I have to share with you that this um, amazing guy, have you heard of um, Chris Harder? Uh, for the Love of Money? I'm, no, I haven't. Oh, my God. Yeah. You so have to check him out. He yeah. has this amazing course, and I think it's on sale at the moment. The Money Principles are absolutely phenomenal. His podcast is brilliant. I highly recommend it to anyone that wants to get started. Um, I've got a whole raft of resources, but seriously, this could be a whole other podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> so you've dived in deep with, with this, this work by the sounds of it. Um, and Massively, yeah, because yeah. I had to understand it. It was like I just didn't understand, you know, what what was stopping me or, you know, what was the challenge was. And so I was like, no, nope, that's it. And, yeah, it changed my life for the better. Yeah, 100%. That's another one that I see for a lot of people when it comes to them taking the next step in their evolution, um, mm -hmm. investing in themselves. Like that, that really is the first step in the journey being willing yes. to value yourself enough to put some money down in your own growth because yeah. you you know when you put money down like you're in like once you once you you're committed you know yeah. like you can there's only so many youtube and free resort things you can read and listen to until well, if you're serious about something if you're serious about your growth the minute you put money down it's sort of like something shifts in you you're like you you're more vested in you you know getting the, the 
getting to the, the outcome you, you you set out for yourself because money just does something to you mentally, right? Have you noticed that in other in your clients when you say, look, guys, this is this is how much it's going to cost to work with me um, for three months. People <laughs> yep. have you know, that. That's where it brings up a lot of their blocks. And I've found the most powerful stage in the coaching is that initial commitment because once someone takes that leap, you know, that's when you start flying, right? You, you, you make a scary commitment and, and you really play, you start to play full out when you do that. So have you, did you notice that in your journey as well oh, when you're God. the biggest growth? Yeah. So much. And I think it's amazing because you call people out on it. So, because they're using it as an excuse, as a front, but it's not really the excuse. There's other factors that are um, stopping them from moving forward. It's not really related to money. They're using money as the factor. Does that make sense? It's surface level. Usually it's much more underneath that. And, yeah, so I've been able to um, explain to people, not not saying that obviously if I haven't met Mm. them before or what have you, but um, I've been able to talk through it with them on the phone call and in the end they have actually signed up for it. And so Mm. I knew it wasn't about that at all. Um, but I've had plenty of conversations with clients around that. And I mean, that's fair enough too, because I think anyone paying for anything, like you said, that means you're committed, you want to do it. But also sometimes people get a bit stressed out. I find those that are, um, have money concerns are often the ones to start making excuses around it. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, and often the, the excuses around money, like you said, it's never about the money. It's always no. about some feeling that we're unwilling to feel. You know, and usually it's we've used money as like the the excuse that mind creates, like that limiting story that we're believing in. But we believe in that limiting story and it cuts us off from our soul trying to expand. You know, the soul wants to move into a certain direction, but we have this limiting belief that says we're not enough. I don't have yeah. enough. I don't have enough yeah. to allow me to take that step. Um, exactly. So, yeah, that's the work, really, where you can step back and see, okay, yeah, if this is a direction that you know is going to support you in your growth and expansion, but the yeah. mind has this excuse or this this pattern that it keeps playing that says, no, we can't afford this or we should stay here because this is safe and you know, then I, I know how much money I have. That's that's the first step because, you know, I say to people that the mind can't see what you're going to gain. It can only see what you're going to lose. So people see, oh, we're going to, lo- we're going to lose. It's going to cost mm. us this many dollars to invest in this yeah. thing. It can't see what amount of abundance you're going to gain by taking that step, by breaking that pattern. So, yeah, it's, it's a big one. The money the money talk's a big one. I am a true believer in that is when the biggest growth happens, when you start to invest in yourself. So, mate, like what are, you, what are the investments you've made in yourself that have had the biggest return? Has it been courses, live events? Maybe it's a small investment that had a big return, but like what's, what's been the biggest, um, yeah, the, the most growth you've got out of an investment before? Yeah, really great question, actually. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it's taking action generally across the mm-hmm. board. But the courses, especially Chris Harder's one, um, was I found it very, very powerful and life-changing. Um, and also books. I've gotten a lot of um, fantastic information out of books also. I think the thing you've got to be careful with with wealth is that you've got to be careful who you listen to. Yeah. It's, a lot of noise out there. People get confused. They're bombarded with information. They don't know which way is left or right. They don't understand what they're being presented. You've really, and this is another reason to really educate yourself around finance, understand income protection, understand life insurance, understand mm. stock market. Like it, it all sounds so simple and straightforward, but it's not. Because if I asked 
um, any of those people who just signed massive documents and signed their life away on a mortgage or an income protection or whatever the case might be, I can tell you right now for free, they would not have understood the document they, they yeah. just signed their life away for. And so, you know, it's it was so important and particularly for kids growing up, I think it's so important for them to have that mindset and realise that they can have what they want if they put their mind to it. Jen Sincero talks about this awesome story, how she needed all this money for a program to invest in herself. Um, have you read her books? I've read one of her books. Uh, not the, She has one about money, right? She has one about yeah, money. Yeah, she and does. I yeah. haven't read that one. I've read her other one. Oh, that's what you need to read. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> and she says, you know, it was some crazy amount that she needed and she went and got the money. Because that's what people do. And you would have heard those stories before, right? Yeah. There's plenty yeah. of crazy entrepreneurs out there that need 100 grand real quick and they'll go out and get it. Yeah. So there is no shortage. We just talk ourselves out of it and just exactly. believe, follow the sheep, you know, follow the crowd, believe what other people believe. Yep. And if you, if you continue to believe and buy into that limiting story, then you just stay stuck where you are. You know, you never exactly. truly break out of that, that, that level you're, you're, you're stuck on. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm going to check out that book. Was there any other books you could suggest for someone who's listening, who wants to start to, <laughs> yeah, like How kind long of, you got? <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, like your top oh, three, top three. Tony Robbins, Master Your Game. Yeah. Love that one. Um, oh, T Harvecker's pretty amazing. Secrets mm. of the Millionaire Mind. Yep. Um, and anything by Joseph Murphy, he's not really um, just about abundance, but he's um, about your mind in general. And the last one I read was Super Attractor by Gabriel Bernstein. Again, mm. more general, not wealth-focused, but yeah. um, it's all of those, yeah, really, really amazing books. Definitely. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it seems like you're, you're really dialed in with your learning, your growth, your own mindset. Give us an insight into, you know, what uh, your daily habits are. Like, what are your daily routines? Gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I swear I could live at the gym. I love the gym. Um, yeah. I love weights. So weight training is really important to me. Um, I just don't feel anything when I do cardio so much. Yeah, yeah I feel you. <laughs> Um, meditation is another amazing thing I do. Um, and particularly now more than ever, I think, you know, all of us globally, if we can all sit and quiet our mind for five minutes, um, would be absolutely amazing just mm. to help us get through the, you know, this transition process we're going through. Um, yeah, so meditation is another big one. And really, I, I like to stay healthy. So exercise and um, my diet is really important to me, what I eat. Um, because it gives me energy and optimizes my energy for the day um, mm. in a good state of mind. Yeah, people discount the power of that, discount the power of you know treating yourself like a high performer. The minute you start to insert habits, routines, and rituals to support your energy, like your internal energy, then you have so much more to give. And I feel like there's so much more um, space that opens up when you make time for, say, things like meditation, um, time for things like you know your own learning and development. You start to just get more clarity around what it is that you want, and more importantly, you then have the energy to take action on it. So. Like that's something that I do. I've noticed a lot with people who are trying to get to the next level in their journey. They they discount the power of like really just like dialing their their own inner like their, their own practices. Like health health yeah. being number one, yeah. right? Health being number one value for for me and you. I'm sure the minute you put health number yeah. one, it's like right. How can we 
optimize our health, whether it be diet, sleep, yeah. how you exercise. These little things make a big difference. Yeah, like so massive, yeah. massive. Taking your vitamins, mm-hmm. getting a good night's sleep. I call sleep magic because I know when I've had a really good night's sleep, there's nothing, <laughs> oh, nothing yeah. better. Like it, your day is just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. What does, what does it take for you to have a good night's sleep? Do you have certain uh, ways that you can optimize your sleep? Um, are you a, someone who sleeps yeah. at seven hours? Like, what, yeah, tell us more about that. I've always slept exceptionally well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently, in recent times, I have had insomnia. And so that was quite challenging. But I did try a lot of different things, like just more natural things. I didn't, you know, try any medication because I wasn't interested in that. Yeah. Um, and people say you have nightmares and that <laughs> just sounded horrendous. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, and so like more like a herbal tablet or something if I needed it. Yeah. Um, but these days I tend to now sleep better. I probably only sleep six and a half, seven hours, but still yeah. – that's usually enough. And then um, I have a sleep tea every night, which I find works really well for me, just calms the mind, try to get off the phone and stuff like that, um, and just have lights down, you know, all the things that experts say that you should do for a good night's sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I find that works wonders at the moment, actually, the sleep tea. Mm. The sleep tea. Yeah, so what, what's the sleep tea? Where do you, where do you get that? It seems like a miracle oh, stuff. Oh, just the supermarket, twice. Yeah, it's right. beautiful. Oh. It's got lavender yeah. in it. I love it. It's my favourite. Yeah, there you go. So like, the sim- <laughs> simple little things, again, <laughs> that make a big difference, yeah? yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I have to quickly mention water. Mm. I don't know what your water intake's like, but I drink litres and litres a day. Um, it's and important. And it just dumbfounds me how many people don't. And they instead have copious amounts of coffee, tea, mm-hmm. Coke, which is even 10 times worse. Yeah, and then they right. come home at the night and have wine. And it's like, oh, my goodness, we're made up, you know, 70, 80% water. What's going yeah. on in the world? <laughs> it's like chronic. you become chronically dehydrated then, right? And Absolutely. So, and, they, yeah. and that becomes the norm. And this this I would call when you start to shift these things, you have a bit of an energetic awakening. This is what happened to me, right? I started to shift my diet and I started to do intermittent fasting. I started to reduce my carbohydrate intake. I started to shift into more of a ketogenic state in the afternoons. And when I I experienced this for the first time, it was like an awakening. I was like, holy crap, I didn't know it was possible to 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 have my brain this alive at this time in the afternoon. Or I didn't know it was possible to feel this good. And it, it sort of, it wakes you up and you can't believe that you used to function the way the way you did before with all the, you know, the, the excessive eating, the, the snacking and the, the spikes in blood sugar because you're having too much sugar throughout the day. It's like when you shift these things, the, the energy that starts to kind of come through yeah. you is yeah. phenomenal. And, yeah, well, yeah, like you said, water is a big part of that. Just make it a habit. Just constantly be sipping water. You um, do that one, yeah. one thing, just having more water a day, and I swear to you, you'll notice a difference in your skin and your energy straight away. 100%. Yep. 100%. Hey, I'm curious to get your opinion on something because, uh, you know, obviously at the time of this recording, we're in the thick of a, you know, a global transition, a global transformation. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of old systems that are about to break down um, because of the coronavirus pandemic that's happening. I'm curious, like, what what's your take? Because you're over in Sydney right now. A lot of people who yeah. listen to this are in different parts of the world. You know, North America is certainly in full-blown lockdown stage, same as the UK. Like, what? What do you see coming out of this? What do you what do you see the the rebirth? Uh, do you have a positive lens on this? Or are you still a little bit um, scared around what what the future kind of holds for us? Yeah, 
look, I, I, I do wish I had a crystal ball right now mm. so I could answer this question, but I do know that good opportunities will come out of it. I know that our, what we know as normal will change dramatically. Um, I think, you know, there will be a long transition period in terms of, you know, our recovery. And I, I think that's what frightens me the most. The economy, the businesses, the loss of jobs just absolutely terrifies me. Like, I just, my heart goes out to all of them. And I think that's part of what this situation has done is just created so much appreciation for all, again, all the little things. Being mm. able to go outside, being able to go to the gym, being able to travel to work being able to see your friends, you know, like we just take it for granted, right? Because we've always done it, we've travelled, we've had freedom. And so I think number one, you know, is about being very appreciative and grateful for what you have right now. But I think the second thing as well is to aim to not buy into all the hysteria. Mm. Um, That's probably the biggest thing that will get everyone through this. If you don't buy into it, it's going to be a much easier path than if you're constantly on edge because we're only, let's face it, early days yet. So if this does go on for some time, you will be a nervous wreck, frazzled, stressed, and we're not seeing anyone. You can't go anywhere. Like, do you know what I mean? Like everything's yep. online. So there's limited sort of avenues for people to go. And that, that to me is a concern um, yep. because it is impacting everyone's everyday, not only lifestyle, but livelihood. Mm, um, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Gratitude and um, doing everything in your power to stay calm is probably really important at this time. Yeah, you nailed it. Because like if you're in a fear mindset, if you're in a if you're in a fearful emotional state, then your decisions are gonna be rash. They're gonna be they're yes. not gonna be rational. So yeah. the, our primary objective then is is managing our state because you know, the decisions we make are now gonna be having a direct impact on, you know, our health, our livelihood, the future and how we respond in these times. It comes down to how we manage our internal state. So staying calm, staying grounded, yeah. you know, like yeah really asking the right questions like you said like how can what can i be grateful for in this moment what you know, what's an opportunity that is presenting me to to grow in a new way for a lot of people who've you know, never worked from home before it's like okay cool now we get to shape some new routines and habits around working from home like how can we start to you know discover a new way of being uh so there's there's a lot of opportunities hidden amongst this um, definitely, definitely and I, look i don't think we we can see enough of what's to come i mean I'm sure there's plenty of experts out there saying different, you know, scenarios that may happen. But, you know, let's face it, sometimes they get it wrong as well. I think the other good thing that has come out of this already, which I'm noticing and I'm, I'm sure you uh, would have to some degree as well, Jordan, is just the connectedness. So yeah. I'm just finding I'm so much more connected now. Um, you know, because I am a social person by nature anyway. So for me, just the family, checking in with family, friends and helping people as well, like really going out of your way to help people at this time because it is stressful for some people as well, like for a lot of people, I should say. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And so I think by doing that, that's going to, you know, make it a lot more palatable for people to manage this transition the best way possible. Definitely. Yep, yep, you're 100% right. Um, Angelina, is, has anything been affected on your end in terms of the way you go about the way you work? And Have you learned anything new that you could perhaps pass on to someone else who's 
maybe gone through a rough period. Maybe they don't have a job anymore. Maybe they're worried they're going to lose their job or, you know, clients have slowed up because people are now in fear that they don't know when they're going to, if they're going to afford to pay their rent or whatever it may be. Has there, is, has there been a lesson you've learned that you could pass on to someone listening? Yeah, that's a really good question. Really, it's about, again, I, I know I've said it a few times, but it is those simple little things. It's like staying connected to your family, to your friends, um, you know, doing things that make you happy throughout the day. You know, for me, just waking up having a, a beautiful cup of coffee is like heaven to me. That's the first mm. thing I do when I wake up. Um, you know, calming your mind, just looking after yourself, doing all those things that you um, always say that you're too busy to do. So, you know, really ramping up the self-care right now. Yeah. Um, you know, reading a book that you've always wanted to read, listening to a new podcast, it's just experimenting and also just making each day different um, in a different way just by learning something new. Mm. I think, you know, because that's, that's the focus for me is just like learning new skills now, adapting. Yeah, yeah we've got more time at home, more time to n- learn something new. And like, yeah, like you said, like maybe it's learning a new language, maybe it's reading a new book. It, there's there's yeah. new opportunities that have come out of this and yeah, yeah you, you know it. If we can be grateful for what you do have and if you're alive and if you've got a roof over your head and you've got clean water, then you know, that's that's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's enough. We've got enough to be grateful for. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Well yeah, said. you on that, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Angelina, where can more people learn about you if someone wants to learn more about what you're up to and, and want to connect further? Where's the best place to find you online? LinkedIn, definitely, because that's yep. my favorite platform and cool. it's a great um, tool for connecting with people. I love it. I meet so many new people on there all the time. And then I've also got my website, uh, angelinazimmerman.com. Fantastic. Mate, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure having a conversation, a deep conversation around the things that mean the most to us. And I know a lot of people have taken a lot of value from this. So um, I'm excited to, to stay connected. And once all of this blows over, hopefully I can get out to Sydney and, and visit you one day. That would be amazing. Yes, please do. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends out in Sydney. So I'm, I'm usually I was over there a couple of months ago. So oh, soon, cool. soon. Yeah. Oh, Mate, thank, we'll thank you so lunch. much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Hey, thanks, thanks so much Jordan. for joining me. It's been it's I been had amazing. A blast. Thank you so thanks, much. Mate. There we have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, Again, if you took value from this episode, you've been enjoying the podcast and you haven't subscribed already, please jump over to iTunes um, and subscribe and leave a comment or share this with a friend if you think someone could benefit from listening to this. And as always, I just want to express my gratitude to you for being a part of this journey with me and being on this this episode and, and really just engaging with this content. And this is during a time where we need more people to stand up and be leaders. So thank you again, and we'll see you in the next episode. These are going to be coming out once a week every Tuesday. So stay tuned. Plenty more to come.